0: we'd like to thank sentry.io for sponsoring this episode let's face it all code is broken and sentry.io wants us to fix it together The truth is, relying on your customers to report errors, effectively treating them like an off-site QA team, is not what we should be aiming for. It's rude to customers and it's bad for business. And Tests can't solve all of this. No one writes perfect tests. In fact, most of us write kind of bad tests. And This is why Sentry tells you about errors in your code before customers have a chance to encounter them. It's an open-source, error-tracking solution. Not only does Sentry tell you about these errors, they also give you all the details you need to fix them. It's exactly how many users have been impacted by a bug, the stack trace, the commit, and the engineer who wrote the line of code that's currently broken. So check them out at sentry.io slash 4 slash Swift. Once again, that's sentry.io slash 4 slash Swift. Thanks to Sentry for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to Swift Unwrapped a show about the Swift programming language and other Swift.org projects.
1: My name's JP Samard. And I'm Jesse Squires. And today we are discussing SourceKit LSP, or SourceKit Language Server Protocol, uh, which is going to be an implementation of LSP for Swift and C-based languages. It was announced on the forums relatively recently. And uh, it is very much in the very early stages it's going to be mostly developed uh, out in the open there's you know basic functionality um, in this at the moment uh, with still quite a bit of work to do
0: yeah so um, to give a little bit more context the language server protocol is uh, an open source spec if you will uh, that's most mostly being championed by microsoft it's a
1: microsoft open source project right 2018 just keeps getting weird.
0: Yeah, Microsoft just keeps getting more and more open. Um, but uh, it, um, it, it's a standard specification that um, anyone can build support for a given language uh, using this spec. And then on the other side, there are a number of um, supporting clients for the language server protocol uh, that's usually packaged as um, uh, text editor plugins. Mm -hmm. For example, you'll have implementations of LSP support in Sublime Text or Vim or Atom, VS Code, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so this means that um, using this editor plugin, you can usually support a number of different languages uh, to to provide IDE-like features, things like code completion, uh, quick help on hover diagnostics, finding references, jumping to definitions, etc, which is nice because it means that uh, you know we finally have a story for um, reasonable IDE-like features for Swift and even C-based languages
1: outside of Xcode, right? And tell me if this analogy is correct, but it seems like LSP is kind of like LLVM, but for like text editor development.
0: Uh right, only, in a way in like, the very high-level sense.
1: Right. Well, what I mean is like LLVM, you just write a front end for the compiler, and then you can spit out binaries for all these platforms. Here you like you write your language server protocol conform to the spec, and then all these editors can just plug into that. And use and provide syntax highlighting or well, I guess syntax highlighting is not part of the spec, but can provide all this other semantic editor information. I think if we were but, to make
0: an analogy, it would probably be closer to like the C++ standard, which mm. is where the language is defined mm-hmm. uh, but then you you have different implementations, such as you know the uh, Microsoft, VS MSVC C compiler versus Clang versus GCC, right? Um, or or the standard libraries mm-hmm. that conform to this spec, yeah, but are all slightly different, right? Um, I think it's a little bit closer to that, gotcha. Um, but this is uh, so specifically, SourceKit LSP is built on top of um, SourceKit, as you may imagine, um. So it calls into SourceKit to provide this functionality. And on the C languages side of things, because this also supports not only Swift, but also C, C++, and Objective-C, presumably Objective-C++, possibly, but they don't mention that, um, would leverage Clang-D, which is um, part of a recent uh, uh, development tree in in Clang itself.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And also not currently available in this uh, project yet. Well, there's a little bit more manual work too.
0: Yeah, I think this is really just um, because this is fairly early on in this project. And specifically Clang-D uh, wasn't included in the tool chain that they recommend to use at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that should be very temporary.
1: Yeah, so especially I think one of the um, shortcomings of Swift has been a lack of tooling and support on um, the Linux side of things and not having like an official editor, you know, Xcode is only available on macOS. Um, so this really seems to open the door for having a more legitimate um, experience on Linux.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that was always the intention of the Swift team, and especially was a driving or motivating factor for building SourceKit in the way that they did was to allow third parties to build tooling. Um, However, uh, that was never really realized um, in practice because uh, Xcode was all Always the biggest um, integrator or consumer of SourceKit, mm-hmm. and there were never any um, like examples of how third parties could leverage SourceKit to build their own things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like there was uh, documentation for how to leverage SourceKit to add syntax highlighting to external editors for Swift, right? right. Uh, and in fact, doing that is extremely difficult to do with source kit and so the fact that swift teams embracing uh, lsp here is a really positive move forward in that direction where they can finally realize some of that potential for making it easier to have third-party tooling because they don't have to a- apple no longer has to uh, fill that role of championing like getting people to adopt um, a source kit mm-hmm. where they can really just leverage the spec and that's being used and where toolings being built across the industry for other languages you've got you've got rusts um, a number of other languages that are building uh, even JavaScript um, that are building LSP support mm-hmm. so it's it's a way for them to focus on their part um, a little bit more efficiently right uh, some of the things that they hope to add in the future to source code LSP um, that isn't quite there today are things like fix it. So when um, you, I mean, Xcode has support for this. When you have um, an error in your Swift code, but the compiler can suggest a solution, mm-hmm. uh, that's a fix-it. They don't quite have support for this yet, uh, but LSP supports it. So it's just just a matter of, <laughs> of building it. Um, you know, where at least they don't have to make changes to the spec. Uh, background indexing doesn't quite work, um, so you kind of have to rebuild your project every time. So this is another thing, right? You can't just point your editor to um, a directory of Swift files and just hope uh, that LSP will work, right? You actually need to do a full build of your project for, for it to work uh, using only the Swift package manager. Yeah. so there's no support for just like an Xcode project for example mm-hmm. uh, And they don't claim to want to add support to that either. so you know maybe it'll come but uh, it's not it's not part of the roadmap.-hmm We'd like to take a short break here and thank our second sponsor Clubhouse. Clubhouse is the first project management platform for software development that brings everyone on every team together to build better products products their customers love. Clubhouse provides the perfect balance of simplicity and structure for better cross-functional collaboration. Its fast, intuitive interface makes it easy for people on any team to focus in on their work on a specific task or project while also being able to zoom out to see how that work is contributing towards a bigger picture. They have a simple API and a robust set of integrations, and it can integrate with all the tools you use every day, getting out of your way so you can deliver quality software on time. Listeners of Swift Unwrapped can sign up for two free months of Clubhouse by visiting clubhouse.io slash swiftunwrapped. Once again, that's clubhouse.io swiftunwrapped. Thanks to Clubhouse for sponsoring this episode.
1: Yeah, then other things coming up uh, that are to be implemented are things like refactoring and formatting documentation symbols. Um, what's there now is pretty... Uh, basic, you know, code completion, quick help diagnostics, jump to definitions, finding references, uh, which, which gets you pretty far, you know, if you want to be productive in a third party editor, um, but still not quite all the way there.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's better than (laughs) the, the story before SourceKit LSP, which is you're on your own. um, Yeah. So, I actually tried this out the other day. Um, I set it up with some of my uh, Swift Package Manager projects and um, hooked it up to uh, Sublime Text. And turns out that it was extremely helpful. Um, and it was fairly straightforward to set up as well, given the instructions that are in the SourceKit LSP repo. Um, there's some documentation there for hooking it up to various editors. However, the the biggest issue that I had wasn't so much like the lack of some of these more advanced features like fixits or background indexing, workspace symbols, refactoring, formatting. That's all fine. Like I'm okay to go back to the terminal and just run Swift build mm-hmm. if I've added a new file, for example. That's okay. Um, the biggest issue was that... Third-party editors generally don't have very good support for Swift syntax highlighting. Mm. So Sublime is particularly terrible. Um, I actually don't think it comes with any out of the box. You need to go and install uh, third-party packages to get it. Yeah. And I've tried basically all of them, and they all are terrible, yeah. and unmaintained, and haven't been touched in years. Right. Um, And I actually tried the same thing with Atom, and the story there wasn't that great. Uh, But I have seen folks use Vim extensively with Swift, and and I think the syntax highlighting story there is a little better. Same with Emacs. So that is one of the biggest areas for improvement. Unfortunately, syntax highlighting is not part of the LSP spec, but uh, I think it is coming. Um, I I just wouldn't hold my breath.
1: Yeah, I wonder why that is. It seems like... uh reasonable thing to be part of lsp
0: yeah uh you know it's it's coming um i've seen some github issues on the lsp project for i think it's vs code Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of like the canonical implementation of of lsp Mm -hmm. uh, where microsoft is saying that they are building this in but Uh, there's just no timeline as to when we can expect that. Right. Because SourceKit already provides the support, so hopefully it wouldn't be too challenging to go and translate um, SourceKit's representation to an LSP-compatible representation when when the time comes.
1: How did your experience with um, Sublime Text compare to um, adding this uh, support for VS Code? So... So Matt wrote this article on NS Hipster about um basically hooking all this up with VS Code um and using VS Code for Swift development. Um seems like you you probably followed similar steps or
0: Uh yeah, it was it was a little bit different um uh looking at the NS Hipster article, there's um there's a little bit there about uh, Node and needing NPM, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't necessary for uh, integration in Sublime Text. Um, so I did have to go and build uh, SourceKit LSP using a custom tool chain. So th- those parts are, uh, are the same. Um, uh, and then it was also a little simpler than um, some of the VS Code instructions where you need to create your own package. I don't know if this is necessary, um, but as part of the Code LSP, there's, there's actually uh, a way for you to build an LSP client package hmm. uh, for Swift. And that wasn't necessary. Um, I could just install a package from the Sublime uh, package repository. Yeah. Uh, I just had to go in and tweak if add a few values in its uh, JSON configuration file for this plugin uh, to give it a path to the toolchain and to the source kit LSP binary, I think.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: That was pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah. And
0: it was very useful um, just hovering on on tokens and seeing their documentation, um, Mm -hmm. having a link to go and find references uh, all worked fairly well, as well as... um, source kit does within Xcode
1: effectively. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. The lack of refactoring support w- was unfortunate because um, I think that'll really make it very powerful. Um, but again, n- not nearly as useful as just having uh, visually accurate um, syntax highlighting. Yeah. Yeah. But just looking at the screenshots for um, uh, Swift and VS code, it seems to be better. Uh, But still, not quite great. Like there's a bunch of effectively unhighlighted tokens in there. Yeah. Um, Like access control levels aren't aren't highlighted at all. It's effectively just like you know there's no syntax information. Yeah. Same with um, protocols. Protocols. Yeah. Um, So that's really not ideal, and it to me it it makes it almost unusable. You know. Mm -hmm. So. My usually my typical workflow for working in um, in external editors is really only in a supporting role for mm-hmm. Xcode where say I want um, like multi cursor editing or um, just better. Yeah, usually it's for multi cursor editing that I go and and pull up Sublime for doing things. Right. Um, i'll still switch back to xcode after i've done my edits
1: yeah yeah uh but you can do this with xcode now right the multi-cursor you can um isn't that like
0: behind um uh user defaults flag that you have to launch xcode with oh is it really yeah i thought it was still hidden somehow and not quite ready for prime time but i haven't used it so it may be it may be solid
1: yeah, maybe that's when I tried it a while back. It wasn't working.
0: I often use um, uh, the default key binding for this is control command E mm-hmm. on a token, which is um, edit all in scope. Right. Which is almost the same as multi-cursor yeah. support. But say you want to like rename the prefix of like every member of an enum yeah. or remove it or something. Um, then that's not the same symbol. Yep. You know, you're really more operating on text than you are on semantic tokens. Yep. Um, that's where external editors really win for me.
1: Yeah, interesting. I didn't know the thing about uh, this multi cursor support not being available yet. Um, we'll have to check into that. Let's see.
0: It seems like it is turned on by default now, just doing a quick check online.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Um, Yeah, so maybe it's just a matter of I I haven't gotten used to it. Yeah, apparently it it, uh, stopped being an internal user default flag in Xcode 10. Cool. Well, we look forward to seeing um, more progress on SourceKit LSP. Uh, Encourage you to try it out as well, especially if you happen to work uh, with Swift Package Manager, and uh, especially if you're working on... um, Linux, for example, if you're doing your development on Linux, uh, so try it out. Um, although some parts of this don't actually work on Linux today, but that that should be uh, that should be coming. Uh, yeah, and I really just look forward to seeing what um, the Swift team continues to to do with this.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: So that's all for today. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Swift underscore Unwrapped. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at simjp.
1: And you can find me at jesse underscore squires. Thanks for listening. And finally, we'd like to thank
0: our two sponsors for this episode, Sentry. Check them out at sentry.io slash four slash Swift and Clubhouse. You can find them on clubhouse.io slash Swift Unwrapped. Thanks for listening.